Welcome to Outside Source Football, your inside look at the NFL. Listen to the latest predictions and happenings from the season with your hosts, Evan Mick and Gabriel Vondra. Here they are now. Hello and welcome to Outside Source Football with Evan Mick, Gabriel Vondrag, and Joseph Doherty. Today we're going to be recapping week 15 of the NFL. Uh, we're going to start out with Chargers Raiders. Finally, the Chargers fired Brandon Staley. Hey, don't, don't make this about the Chargers. We don't, need, we don't need to make this about the Chargers. A poor decision maker. I have to make this about Brandon Staley, okay? I have been saying the Raiders score fire Brandon Staley for the last three years. The Raiders score 63 points and you're going to focus on the negative first. This is, I when am. Is, this when is, is this ever going to happen for me again, Evan. No, this is the positive. <laughs> Christmas Brandon came early Staley's for me gone. this year. Oh my god. Okay, you you hurry up and finish on Brandon Staley, and then I'll take it from there. He was a bad decision maker. Uh, probably the worst clock management I've ever seen. And we've seen what the Chargers team is without Justin Herbert. They're horrible. They were one for 26 on third down and fourth down combined the last two weeks at one point during this game. For the Raiders, though, offense was pretty good this week. 63 points is absolutely insane. And the Chargers 21 points were the one touchdown was, you know, it was it was a mistake by the Raiders. But like, you know, you're going to get mistakes. Well, at, at one point, the game was 49 to zero. So yeah. I, I don't think any of the Chargers scores were going to make. Yeah. And they were they were all kind of garbage time touchdowns. And then one last thing a uh, good for NFL fans 63 to 21 was a scoregami this has never happened before That's and, uh, Gabriel you can you can take over love it this like I said uh, Christmas came early this was one of those games where just everything went right for the Raiders from the very start offense defense special teams they forced three turnovers in I mean what felt like I think they were all in the first quarter and so yeah short fields offense looked good the Chargers defense was I mean the Chargers as a team pretty much from the start of this game and then especially after the turnovers, it, it was it was kind of apparent that they had quit, and and I think that you know they'd quit on Brandon Staley. They're done with this season. They're just they're just ready to they're just ready to be done, and that's kind of how they looked for the rest of the game. And so the Raiders the Raiders just rolled, and I mean it was it was really crazy coming off a week when they scored zero points against the Vikings. They four days later scored the most points in franchise history, um, and I guess the second most this season to the Dolphins seventy. And in a lot of seasons, sixty three would have been the most. But really, yeah. It, it, you know, it looked great. Offense, um, you know, Aiden O'Connell looked really sharp. If, if he can keep playing like that, he'll have a he'll have a chance to compete for the job, I would say, at least next year. You know, I mean, we were obviously all pretty down on him last week. Um, so great bounce back game for him. And I, I do have to say, I just got to mention, granted, this was the touchdown that made it, that gave them 63 points. So it really wasn't that important in the grand scheme of things. But Jack Jones, uh, new Raiders corner, they just picked him up, um, made a, had an interception and a pick six that was like one of the most impressive pick sixes I've ever seen. He, you know, obviously had seen it in film. He, you know, they run this little Eckler is out at receiver. He motions in and they're trying to throw a screen to him. And Jack Jones was all over. I mean, the, before the ball was even snapped, he's making a beeline to the ball. And he actually overran the pass, reached back with his right hand, intercepts it with one hand, and then runs in the end zone. Just from an athletic standpoint, I mean, just one of the craziest plays you'll see in the NFL. Yeah, that was so, sick. Good good for him. Uh, good for the Raiders. Uh, we'll uh, see what they can do going forward. But yeah, as for the Chargers, um, I, I foresee a, a full-scale rebuild. You know, I, I think I think everybody is expendable except for Justin Herbert. Um, they got a lot of they got a lot of contracts. They got some, you know, aging, you know, quote-unquote stars 
guys that, you know, have been really good players in the league. But, you know, I think we look at those guys, Keenan Allen, Khalil Mack, still definitely producing this year, Uh, not getting as much out of Bosa or um, Derwin James. You know, Bosa's been hurt a lot. Uh, Mike Williams was, you know, out early this season and out for the year. So a a lot of question marks there for uh, for the Chargers. Quentin Johnson. Yeah. What's that? Quentin Johnson is definitely not. Quentin Johnson is not. Yeah, well, I mean, he'll, he'll probably be back next year for sure. There's there's only one first round pick that I can think of that wasn't back on the team uh, the next year in recent memory. Do you guys know who that was? Henry Ruggs. Okay, no, he was. <laughs> no, no, he was well. back on the team his second year. Is his oh, it was. Year. Oh, I thought he was gone after the first year. No, uh, Alex Leatherwood. Oh uh, yeah, Raiders hey. offensive lineman. He did not. They cut him after after his first season. Yeah, crazy. Anyway, Joe. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say that Austin Eckler also hasn't looked all that great this year, and I know that yeah. there was a big talk about paying him a lot of money and i don't know how that one's gonna go down he just looks slow honestly yeah i mean it just have you seen those you've seen those clips of him yeah, like getting chased down by some linebackers and you're like what what is he doing i mean like, he, may, he may not be completely healthy or may just you know he's a running back you're running back in the nfl most guys don't you know that that's a short shelf life it's it's the argument against paying running backs is that they unfortunately take a lot of hits and and a lot of guys don't play very long at that position and and you know you got young guys coming up yeah moving on to vikings Bengals, an absolutely amazing game uh nick mullins played pretty good had the two interceptions but he still completed 78 percent of his passes for a little bit over 300 yards and two touchdowns a great game by jordan addison actually having both of those touchdowns uh jake browning played game pretty good for the most part as well he had a couple of dumb decisions i mean the, the throw to t higgins was an amazing play by t higgins but maybe not the best throw i've ever seen seriously you got you got to trust your guys you know there's there were 40 seconds left in the game they had to score a touchdown trust your guy to make a play i, I mean I, give it, giving I your guy it. a chance i guess that's for sure i didn't mind it and yeah. man that was an awesome play that yeah. was an awesome play uh, the first pick he threw was was a simple read which he should have just moved on from but he thought he could fit it in there and he threw the other pick and it was just like it was a, it was a solid game from him um but overall the stat line probably not, not, not his best but they still yeah. won yeah they did still they still find a way to win made a big comeback i mean they were down by 14 at one point they were down 14 going into the fourth quarter it was a 17 to 3 game they i mean they had done nothing so i think i mean yeah especially impressive considering how well the Vikings defense has played and the, yeah until the first uh I guess it was the touchdown to T Higgins was the first one he had two touchdowns uh yeah that was the first touchdown that the Vikings had given up in I don't know how many it was a number of games that yeah that since the Vikings had given up a touchdown so yeah big big props to uh Browning and, the, and that Bengals offense for for pulling off the comeback did you see how uh kind of fired he up fired up he was yelling at the camera because you know the Vi- the Vikings had cut him I guess a few Oh yeah, I saw I saw a clip of it like after two seasons ago. Yeah, the Vikings, yeah. the Vikings had cut him, and he just yelled at the camera, "You shouldn't have cut me." Yeah, <laughs> good for him. Good for him. I was, I was, I'm happy for him. And like we've said, if he keeps this up, you know, it's still a small sample size, only three games, but somebody if, will. If he gets him in the playoffs. He's gonna get he's gonna get picked up by somebody. And sure. I mean that's his second overtime win in his what four games? Four games. So like like that's that's really imp- like doing it once. You can say well that's you know lucky. Like there's other guys who have led game winning drives one time. But two overtime victories like that's that's big. That's rare in the NFL. So in the yeah he scored 24 points. The Bengals offense put up 24 points in the fourth quarter and overtime against the Vikings. Like I said, a very very good Vikings defense. Moving on to uh, Steelers Colts. Um, thank you to Gardner Minshew because I 
am so glad that he took the Steelers probably out of the playoffs. A solid day by him. Solid day by their third and fourth string running backs, Trey Sermon and Tyler Goodson. Trey Sermon, I remember, is the guy everybody was hyping up in fantasy two years ago as a 49ers running back. Trey, uh, did both... Trey Sermon play at Ohio State? Does he know how Ohio State guy? I think so. I just The thing that I remember him is that everybody was hyping him up as this great fantasy running back, and then he got like maybe 10 carries like that entire season. I think he – did he get hurt maybe, or did they just not? He just wasn't – I don't hurt. remember. The 49ers rotate through yeah. so many running backs. Until – they got the best one in the league. Yeah. They both averaged five yards per carry on 28 combined carries against a really good Steelers defense. Yeah. As for the Steelers, the offense needs a QB. I mean, I don't know if it's Pickett because I know that they've missed Pickett the last couple of guys, but Trubisky's not that guy. And uh, I think they moved on to Mason Rudolph this game committed to for the next game, but yep. they're bleeding without <laughs> Which is good. If you have a quarterback named Rudolph, he should be starting on Christmas weekend. You know? All right. If any- All right. If anybody can guide them through this dark time in the season, <laughs> it would be a guy named Rudolph, right? I guess no? so. Good one. So it's poetic. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really bad when you see the frustration from the rest of the players on the Steelers' offense, um, like namely the receivers, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, who, I mean, certainly not known for always having the most positive attitude in the world, but <laughs> in, this, in this game, I could feel for him because – especially late when they still like they still had a chance you know like their defense was still you know kind of keeping them in the game they were down by a couple of scores and they just you know they really needed to move the football and guys were open and Trubisky would he was just airmailing them it was it was not good like he's I mean he's Mitch, it's Mitch Trubisky he's never been known for his accuracy so not uh not particularly surprised with the way that one played out after the Steelers got off to a great start I mean they were up 13 to nothing in this game at one point uh, yeah, I was just going to say that you see the Steelers' defense bail them out sometimes in games like these. And the last couple of weeks, they just haven't. And you've kind of seen a collapse from the Steelers. Like, what are they on there? Like a three-game losing streak? I believe, yeah. Or three straight something ones. like that to, like, not great teams either. So, I mean, you kind of just see that this team wasn't always, like, was never really that good. And they would just, like, skate by with, you know, we were, we've were we been joking about the 13 to 10 wins, like, stuff like that. Yeah. And it's finally not going that way for them. Yeah, and their schedule is not very favorable down the stretch. I know they have the Ravens and they have Cincinnati. Who's their – do we know who their third game is? I don't remember, but I remember it's it's another tough game. Like it, I mean, either, either way, they're probably going to – they're going to have to win at least two of those games to even have a chance – uh, probably all three. And well, okay, side note, not playoff related. Well, kind of playoff related. But in order for Mike Tomlin to keep his silly record of of never having a losing season, they're going to have to win at least two games. Yeah, they're going to. Probably nobody was more upset about the NFL moving to an odd number of games than Mike Tomlin because he couldn't go eight and eight. <laughs> he has to win that. one more game now. He couldn't go eight and eight and keep that record alive. He's got it like, <laughs> it's going to end or it's going to keep going. Like you're going to be winning or you're going to have a losing record. Um, right. It's, I don't know, certainly looking like yeah, they'll, they'll end with a losing record. But. Okay, so the hit on Camonte by Camonte K- or Demonte Casey on Michael Pittman. Yeah. I don't think that he deserves to get suspended for the rest of the season. I think that was kind of garbage. Uh, I get that it was a tough hit. And I get that you're trying to protect guys out of the air because you can't really protect ball carriers as much. And you can't protect, like, I get that you're trying to protect guys with the balls in the air. But 
The ball had hit Michael Pittman's hands. Sure, you give him the 15-yard penalty because, I mean, he kind of hit him in a helmet. But, like, I don't know. I just didn't think that it was, like, that dirty of a hit. He wasn't, like, intentionally leading with the crown of his helmet. He didn't even hit him with the crown of his helmet. It looked a lot worse because of, like, Michael Pittman's um, body position. He kind of, like, folded up and then he was down. I definitely think it was a dirty hit. But to suspend a man for the rest of the season seems pretty pretty far-fetched, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, there's only, like, three games left. But still, I, I don't know if I had suspend somebody for the rest of the season for that i i would call it an illegal hit it, it was a penalty for sure i don't think it was egregious or you know malicious dirty kind of in that sense um and i kind of i agree with uh tom brady's take on this he he commented a long, like a paragraph long uh, response to it once the suspension came out. Basically saying like, why do we put all of, we put everything on defenders uh, to protect offensive players and basically like, there's no responsibility on offensive players to protect themselves or on, his biggest issue is on quarterbacks not protecting their receivers. Like not knowing that, hey, you can't throw a ball there because the guy's going to get lit up. And it's it's something that, yeah, he's kind of harped on all season, um, especially in talking about like the way football was played you know 15 20 years ago compared to the way it is played now you know quarterbacks are have gotten really lackadaisical in the way that they basically where they decide to throw the football in the field and i i got to agree with them i i think that yeah there needs to be more more of an emphasis by yeah quarterbacks and offenses to protect their own protect themselves rather than putting that all in the defense to say hey you have to change the way that you play but we're not going to we're not going to change anything that we're doing i don't i don't think that's uh i don't think that's necessarily fair yeah moving on to broncos lions a big win for the Alliance. I mean, it doesn't quite solidify them a playoff spot, but it gets them basically right there, even to the point if they lose out, where they can still should still make the playoffs at ten and seven. That's yeah, it. it's good to see them. Diehard Lions fan, come on! Oh, I, I have a lot more. I was, <laughs> I was gonna let Joe go first. It's the Lions. I'm yeah, like, it's good to take this. You know how we do this. Come on. Oh, they freaking. The Lions won again. They won again. And Mr. Unlimited looks like Mr. Very Limited. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it was good to see a bounce back and just like a whole, like, I don't know, nobody on the team played bad. I don't know if I could single anybody out for playing bad, like at all. Who, who do you think, Mac? Uh, I got, somebody? I got, I got a list. <laughs> you got a list. That is tough, man. What, what was the list. final score in this one? 40... 42, 17. Jeez. Like you, you got a list of guys? Uh, not, not like, not quite, but basically. I know, Jared Goff balled out though. Yeah, you, you got that Antonio That's good to see. mentality, man. Just never satisfied. Yeah, the good, the protection was great. The run defense was was great. And the secondary was was great. Now, here's the bad. I got a list of the bad, more bad than good. Russell Wilson all day in the pocket. The secondary had as many sacks as the defensive line with one. That's just, that's insane. We still had no pass rush. Russell Wilson had, had all day scrambled around. If he was actually able to, you know, throw the ball on the run like he used to be able to, we would have been in, in some in some pretty big trouble. Our run defense is bad. I mean, our run defense is really good, but our pass defense is bad because of our defensive line not being able to get the quarterback. Jared Goff, great at timing throws over the middle. Play action digs, crossers. But other than that, I mean, being there at the game, he was missing, like, wide open receivers. Like, on the third down, they motion somebody across. It's clearly man defense. Amon Ra has a drag across the middle of the field, wide open. Nobody even within 20 yards of him. I say it's man defense. Just throw it over the middle. And 
Jared Goff must have not known it was man defense or something. So he just chucked the ball deep and and it got deflected or something when they hit a guy wide open across the middle. Uh, the, one of the first plays of the game defines what I think about, about Jared Goff. So he got out of the pocket, which he was rarely able to do, but he actually was able to get out of the pocket this time. Um, he rolls right. There's a wide open Jamison Williams coming back to him. Like it's clear, easy throw. He's got time to even set his feet and make the throw. And he just decides, yeah, I'm just going to throw it out of bounds. So Goff had a really good like statistical game. He played a solid game. Like it definitely like, like he was a big reason why they won so big, but it was like, there were still just so many mistakes that are going to lose you games against good teams. Uh, Yeah. But I think that Jared Goff plays the best when he's making no mistakes as in like turning the ball over and forcing the ball. Like the Lions have a good enough run defense. There was one, there was one drive where it was 30 and 10 and I was like wow what are we, I wonder what we're gonna do here we're gonna have to throw it and we just ran like inside zone right for 14 yards I was like oh well that's nice we can we can just run the ball for 15 yards on third down and like because of that like the the best way, I mean, I guess this is true for every team, but the best way for the Lions to win is just to not turn the ball over. And I know that's not, not outlandish, but I think it's especially true with the Lions because of their defense not being the best. Uh, and something else that you said was about the defense. It's good to see that, like, I don't know, Aaron Glenn is calling blitzes now because our D-line can't get to the quarterback. And we've yeah. seen it time after time. And even to get a couple sacks on a relatively mobile quarterback like Russell Wilson is huge. And especially that strip sack. Uh, and it was cool to see other players in than the usual ones like Melifon, whatever, whatever his name is. That was, and then who who was playing corner? Uh, uh, Jer- so Jerry Jacobs was hurt, so I think it was Dorsey. Yeah, he played yeah, Dorsey, and Dorsey played pretty well. Yeah, yeah. especially yeah. considering Jerry Jacobs, in my opinion, is the worst corner in the league. But that's just me. He gets torched all the time. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I I think that overall it was a it was a big time team win and a team that I actually can believe I, I believe in. Uh, winning a playoff game and worthy of a 10 win record yeah if not more moving on to um falcons panthers just really quickly all-time great outside source football call by joe uh panthers played a pretty good game defensively just because the falcons didn't want to throw the ball and so the panthers just run blitzed like the whole day and the falcons might have just lost the nfc south because uh they lost one to the one now actually two and 12 panthers which is hard that's hard to do hard to lose the nfc south because it seems like nobody <laughs> so kudos to them for pulling that off yeah moving on to chiefs, chiefs patriots though Wait, is that it can we talk about the stands yeah empty stands four dollar tickets i feel like we need you need sense. to mention it um I mean, I'll, I will say uh, the weather was terrible. It was cold and rainy. Nobody would want to be there. Your team was 1-11, 1-12 into the game? 1-12. 1-12 going into the game. That may have been the most sparsely attended NFL game I've ever seen. I think <laughs> there were probably more people at a 1A like high school football game in a small town in Texas. I mean, it was it was really bad. But hey, the Panthers won, so everybody who's there got their money's worth. That's true. Yeah, to be fair, right? And to be fair, it was a downpour. Like it wasn't just rainy. Like they would cut to close-ups of like the quarterbacks. I'm like, this looks miserable. Like I would not want to go to this game. I mean, uh, even you, if it was a good, even if it was a good team playing, I wouldn't want to go to this. Can you game. just? Can you imagine maybe like having tickets and getting up that morning and looking outside and just be like, yeah, we're not going. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know, we'll just we'll just go ahead and eat these. They were only twenty bucks anyway. Uh, 
we're just not going to go. <laughs> right. And yeah, the, the Panthers were going to the Panthers were going to sneak one out, and it was this one. And I knew because right. the Falcons are not good. You were right. and have a bad quarterback. Yeah. Moving on to uh, Chiefs Patriots. Uh, the good news for the Chiefs is that Rashid Rice is finally coming along. Um, he struggles a little bit with ball security. He had a fumble. It just kind of rolled out of bounds. Got a little bit lucky there. But other than that, he's. I mean, they have a kind of a wide receiver one now, much better than. Kadarius Tony and MVS dropping passes, uh, but they really, really need Pacheco back, and I think it was really obvious in this game. What was missing from their offense? Did you watch this game? Did you see Clyde Edwards-Helaire? I, th- I mean, yeah. You want to talk about the one touchdown catch? Sure. He but I mean, running- that was not the only play that he had. He had a great game. Clyde Edwards-Helaire had a great game. That was that was my biggest takeaway. He looked. He was the best player. The most important. I mean, yeah. He made the most plays from the skill position guys for sure. That's what I thought. But I mean, I mean, like running, he didn't run the ball well. Sure, he caught the ball. No, well. yeah, exactly. It was most of his yards were on. Yeah, I think he had a screen that went for a big game, and then yeah, the touchdown catch as well. But still, nice day for Clyde Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Give him some props, Evan. He he played fine. He averaged two point eight yards per carry. He had thirty. Well, seconds okay, per you're looking at just his rushing yards. You got to look at the receiving yards too. That's yeah, he, factor in he this played game. good receiving, but like, I mean, you want him to run the ball. That's the point of having. You miss Pacheco in the run game because you usually the Chiefs have had a run game this year. That's been like way better in their past game. Okay. And okay. this game they, they were missing their whole run game. Okay, they were missing the run game. So they supplemented that by throwing screen passes, and that's how they found a way around it. Sure. You can you can believe that if you want to. Sure. I don't it's not what I believe. That's what happened. That was that was what they did. So I mean this Patrick Mahomes played well. The first interception was kind of his fault. Uh, maybe tried to force into tight coverage over the middle. The second one could be another is another interception attributed to Gadarius Tony. The ball hit him right in the hands, <laughs> and then and then he bobbled it and tipped it up in the air so that the defense could get it. But all, all in all, you know this was kind of a your typical Patrick Mahomes performance where he's spreading the ball around. No one guy is you know the focal point of the Chiefs' offense. Everybody's getting involved. Besides Travis Kelsey, he did hardly anything in this game other than fall down in the end zone and and have. Of, uh Taylor Swift uh, get mad on TV about it. That was funny. Yeah. Well, that my was, my biggest funny. my biggest take. Travis Kelsey in fantasy. It was still funny. Yeah, I had Travis Kelsey in fantasy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> one thing that uh, one thing that I take away from this game is that we really need the Chiefs to not make it to the Super Bowl because I thought the NFL moved on from showing Taylor Swift every after every play, but I guess not because she was on screen more than I feel like anybody else. And I don't want to watch that for the Super Bowl. Please. <laughs> please please save me. You got a lot of screen time this week for sure. To be fair it was the Patriots. Not, but I'm not not a whole lot from the Patriots. The offense uh I mean had ten points for most of the game. Kind of kept it closer longer than I thought they would. You know, it was it was close for most of the first half, and then the Chiefs pulled away. But, uh, you know, the Patriots' defense is good. Like, the, by no means was this an easy game for the Chief, Chiefs' offense. I mean, they were they had to work for pretty much everything they had. Mahomes was under pressure quite a bit. You know, I already mentioned the two interceptions. But, yeah, you really – at the end of the day, you felt like there was no way the Chiefs were going to lose this game. Like, the Patriots just don't have anything really going on offense. So, I mean, like, 17 points is – like, that's pretty awesome. Like, that's, that's pretty exciting – the Patriots this year, given where they've been um, for most of the season. And if you're a Patriots fan, you don't even want them to win because no, you don't. You don't. You don't. I mean, okay. So can we can we talk can we talk about Belichick for a sec? Do we do we believe the report? Do we do we think it's 100 true that he's? I don't. I don't think he'll end up back there, but I don't know if he's going to go to the Chargers. 
That's I just I don't I don't know if I believe that uh, that he's gone. I don't know that they've decided that yet. Certainly could be, but we'll see. Moving on to uh, Packers Bucks. Uh, Baker played a, a great game. He did hold on to the ball for too long. Um, the the stats and the media definitely overreacted to the, the perfect passer rating. It's a big deal. Yeah, he played really really good, but he was not like a perfect Baker Mayfield like elite passing the ball he was just you know it was like the first play of the game he held on the ball too long way too long and like the two yard line he got strip sacked so i mean it was a really really good game by him though overall just i think, I think that was media. i think that was kind of like the one like really bad play that he had though i mean other than that he was he was efficient i mean i would i would agree with you it's not like there weren't a number of like big time throws as they like to call them i mean most of the throws were pretty were pretty routine. He had some, you know, nice, nice passes, fit into tight windows over the middle. Uh, Chris Godwin had a great game, really, really good numbers. Um, I, I, yeah, I think, I think this Buccaneers offense is interesting because, yeah, you know, we know Mike Evans is good. He's, he's having a really solid year. Chris Godwin probably had his best game of the season this year. Um, but I think Rashad White, the, the running back, is, is, is an excellent player. I mean, he can do a lot for them, even when the running game isn't there. He's a factor in the past game. So it really comes down to whether or not like Baker plays well. Like they have, they have enough talent on offense to upset some teams. You know, their defense is, their defense forced more field, you know, forced a ton of field goals this week which is why you know a big reason why they won this game the Packers offense could kind of get into the red zone or just outside the red zone but would stall every time they got there and and had to settle for I think three field goals so yeah it wasn't uh disappointing for the Packers for sure especially with the the playoff hopes on the line this one this one didn't help not disappointing for me though I had a good week I mean yeah you guys guys, seriously you guys like it for sure um and then yeah as the Packers defense just kind of non-existent i mean the bucks got got pretty much everything they wanted so yeah great game by jade reed uh rookie out of msu i know watson was not playing but i think that reed will be the wide receiver one even when watson comes back that is true um that the touchdown pass to him from love that was an insanely impressive throw and catch i'll, I'll give him that unfortunately they, they didn't have enough of that they needed yeah. more more plays like that in this game <laughs> All I want to say uh, about the Dolphins is that Tua had 224 yards and uh, Jalen Waddell had 142 of them. Uh, I think he's a top eight quarterback for their system, but I don't think that Tua is a top 10 quarterback still. Really? Yeah. I'm I'm still not a believer. I don't, uh, I don't think that's a crazy take. I mean, we just talked about, you know, Patrick Mahomes and how good he is basically like regardless of who's around him. And like this past week showed that like he can, he can win, you know, despite not having great talent. I think too, yeah, he's obviously, you know, pretty reliant on the weapons that they have in that offense. I mean, yeah, like if, if you drop Tua on the Chiefs right now and switch those two, like do you think I mean the Chiefs probably wouldn't be I mean, they'd probably have like borderline five hundred team. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. Whereas if Patrick Mahomes was on the Dolphins, they'd be the scariest team in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I mean, yeah, that's fair. But I think they've did the Jets will finally break this week. I think they're yeah, break they're done. They're done. I, mean, I don't even want to talk about them anymore. We've, we've seen it break at different times throughout the year. And then they beat the Texans last week. And it's like, oh, like they're not done yet. I think this, I think this game put the nail on the coffin for the Jets. Definitely. It's like yeah. even, even their defense that's been really good. The defense, you know, at early on this game was like, you know what? Forget it. Like the season's over. We're, we're done. Big win by the Texans. They sneak out a win without Stroud. Uh, and they're also eight and six now, keeping their playoff hopes very much alive. And hopefully, start will be back this week. So that's really, really big. Yeah, the AFC South looks uh, 
really interesting now. There's a three-way oh, tie. Three and six teams. Which is which is crazy to, to think about. I feel like the Jaguars are the worst of the three right now, too. Like, they're playing the worst. And if you were to tell me that the Jaguars were the third best team in the AFC South, like, five weeks ago, I would have been like, what three, are you talking three about? Three weeks ago. But have, they, have the Jags lost? Three, yeah, that's true. I think they've lost three games in a row. They yeah. were eight and three yeah. at one point. And technically, yeah, they were. technically the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah, they were. Yep. For a short time. So, yeah, really. Yeah, but now it's anybody's. Uh, moving on to Bill's Cowboys. Absolute James Cook masterclass. Uh, he dropped a touchdown, which has been a problem for him all year. But other than that, practically a perfect game for him. I mean, Josh Allen, in my opinion, is still a top three quarterback. But it's good to see that he doesn't have to play hero ball every single play in order for them to win games. I think taking the ball out of their hands is something their old offensive coordinator didn't want to do. And like, you know, you have to do that. You can't rely on the same player every single play. Like he's going to make mistakes. He's going to throw interceptions. That's why his interception numbers are so high, but his touchdown numbers are so high because he's the ball every single play. And finally, we get a game out of James Cook where it's like, Allen, probably statistically, maybe the worst game like in the last three years that he's had. He didn't do like I anything. Say, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say worst. I would just say like low volume. Volume. Yeah, because like he just he just didn't touch the ball. Like it was like yeah, it's not they were, they were, they game. He had 15 total passing attempts. Yeah. So as for Dallas, uh, first of all, they have no run game, which means that it would be the worst possible thing if they were to play in the rain. Thankfully, they don't have to play Buffalo in the playoffs. So, you know, they're not gonna have to go out there and play in the snow, have to run the ball a whole lot. Uh Dak had a rough one, but to me, this team is still very much a contender. And Allen didn't play, like, didn't do much either as in, like, stats-wise, so it wasn't like – like, Allen didn't outplay Dak. That's not why they lost, so that's it. Well, I mean, yeah, that that's true, but the Bills completely outplayed the Cowboys as a oh, team. Yeah. And the Bills had – I feel like they had the perfect formula. Like, they had a plan going into this game because the Cowboys and, and Greg Olson, who's on the call, brought this up. They are built to get a lead with their offense. They got, they got a high-scoring offense. They're built to get a lead, and then their defense is built – to rush the passer basically yeah, play the pass like they have they have good they have good defensive backs they have good pass rushers up front they want to pressure you and they you know force interceptions and they just build that lead and like create that vicious cycle where yeah like you're playing you know the opponent is playing from behind against the cowboys and it just gets worse the bills were able to flip the script on that they got a lead early um that you know the penalty on the uh, on the punt that kept the bills drive alive and allowed them to go down and score a touchdown and then they scored again and then from then it was Okay, Cowboys, can you stop the run? And they they are not a defense that is built to stop the run, and they couldn't. They couldn't do it. The Bills' offensive line and James Cook and, and Latavius Murray, anybody who was in the backfield, imposed their will. And, and yeah, the Cowboys' offense, on the flip side, couldn't get anything going either. You know, whether it was the weather, whether they couldn't, you know, like you said, they couldn't run the football. But either way, I mean, yeah, the Bills had a plan and executed it perfectly, and I think, yeah, kind of exposed the biggest weakness that the Cowboys have, obviously. Moving on to uh, Browns-Bears. Browns get it done with zero run game all day. Flacco, a little bit loose with the ball, throwing three picks, but also having f- almost 400 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, an ugly drop at the end by Darnell Mooney. Last year, I tried to defend Mooney a little bit. I thought it was, you know, he was not getting the ball enough in accurate spots. But this year, he's just had a rough season. And I think that they do need to go receiver next year. 
if not with the first couple, their first two picks, then with a later pick. Yeah, this was a slugfest of a game. Uh, really nothing offensively for either team. Most of the game, you know, the Browns would had a you know would move the ball a little bit, and then yeah, you had the a couple of interceptions. The one that was really a backbreaker was I think it was either, it was either late in the third quarter or early in the fourth quarter, but the Bears muffed the punt. And so the Browns are like, here we go. Like, we're finally going to get some momentum. And then they throw an interception on the very next play, which, like, not all interceptions are, you know, equal. This was one that I really felt bad for Flacco because the corner just made an insane play. Like, the corner was, like, cover three outside on the, you know, on the receiver, just peeking inside. And when you look, like, when Flacco throws the ball, you think, like, oh, yeah, the touchdown, easy. Like, the David Njoku is just running free down the seam, and the corner just drops off and, and makes an insane play to intercept it. So, I mean, great play by him. But – Flacco just kept, he just kept fighting, just kept fighting. I mean, like you said, no running game. Uh, The pass protection was horrible. The Browns had one starter left on their offensive line, their center, Wyatt Teller. That's the only starter left on the Browns offensive line. So, I mean, he's got a patchwork of line. And I love the way that he plays right now because it's like he just does not care at all about making a mistake. Like he is so willing to like, he will throw an interception. He will throw an almost interception and come back the next play and be like, yeah, I'm going to throw a back shoulder fade into tight coverage again, or I'm going to throw, you know, <laughs> I'm going to throw this dig with three guys around him. Or yeah, the touchdown to Amari Cooper, uh, Joe and I were just talking about it, but like an insane throw between like three guys, like deep down the field, uh, he just threads it in there and yeah, I mean, like they just he just kind of made enough plays down the stretch and, and the big first down in Njoku where yeah, the pocket is collapsing. He just keeps like drifting back, drifting back, buys some time and then hits him. And then yeah, they're in field goal range. And then yeah, you had to really feel bad for Justin Fields on that last drive because it starts out with oh. drop that would have been like a 30 yard game to put him at midfield. Yeah. They still get to midfield, and then obviously, yeah, everybody's seen the Hail Mary where the ball after its tip falls right into uh, Mooney's lap. He's not able to kicks it up. But I mean, like, honestly, at that point, if the Bears would have won that way, I'd have been like, well, they didn't really deserve to win that game. Like the Browns really deserved it late. So, I mean, I, I personally, I was glad the Browns won being the Joe Flacco fan that I am. So, I mean, I, I really wasn't disappointed watching it, but I did feel bad for Justin Fields because I felt like he made some really good plays late in the game to give them a chance to win it. And his yeah. teammates let him down. I think Justin Fields is showing that he can still be a quarterback in the NFL and, uh, for the Bears, uh, and he just needs some better O-line uh, players and uh, another receiver. And so many... know, DJ Moore has been a great acquisition for him. He's been he's been pretty lights out this year. And, I mean, Justin Fields looks pretty good out there. I mean, he's making pretty accurate throws. I feel like he's a lot better than last year where he would hold on to the ball for way too long yeah, or this... for at least the first couple games of the season. He did that too. This game right here I thought was, was his best game that he's played. Mm-hmm. The one that proved to me the most that he could be possibly be there long-term. especially against the Browns defense which is top three in the league if not one yeah I mean yeah the play the play that he had where yeah Miles uh, Miles Garrett has him sacked and he's able to spin out of it and then throw a touchdown in the to uh Cole Komet in the back of the end zone insane play I mean there's only I mean him and Lamar Jackson and you know maybe Jalen Hurts when he's healthy I would say the only you know the guys that can make that play Josh Allen too the more I go, I'm just going to, like, start naming more quarterbacks that, like, hypothetically could make that play. But it was – I mean, zappy. It doesn't, make it, any, it doesn't make it any less <laughs> impressive. It was very impressive. So, like, I think – Stop. 
Aiden O'Connell. Um, <laughs> O'Connell. I, think, uh, I think it was DJ Moore who spoke up after the game and, and even like straight up said that because I think that he was asked better than all the draft quarterbacks in the draft. Yeah, asked about these guys and he said, I think Justin's better than all of them. So you, you love to see that a teammate kind of standing up for a guy and, and, and going to bat for him. Really, really like that. And more about that, you know, Justin Fields actually showed that he can play at the next level. Uh, it's always a roll of the dice, even with a player like Caleb Williams. Like maybe he just won't translate to the NFL, but you see that Justin Fields can do that and has been pretty reliable for him. And the Bears could totally trade out of the first pick, get a bunch of draft capital, and help uh, Justin Fields. And their their defense has been playing really well, especially with Montez Sweat. So, I mean, when you think about it this way, that was kind of the best case scenario for the Bears because they didn't hurt their draft position. They're, I mean, they're not going to the playoffs this year, and but also Justin Fields played a good game, so you feel better about him after that game. But you still have a better draft pick, so. I mean, in that sense, it's kind of a win-win. Yeah, moving on to uh, Ravens-Jags. Uh, this Ravens passing offense, I think I'm finally a believer that it is good enough without Mark Andrews. Um, I mean, it, it involves a lot of Lamar scrambling and a lot of other things, but I think it's at least dependable and pretty consistent. And if they got into a situation where they needed a game-winning drive with passing, I think they could do it against, like, the Chiefs or the Bills. Like, I think they ha- that has that potential. Um, as for the Jags, ETN, amazing game. I was very wrong about him before the season. I wasn't a super big believer. I thought Tank Bigsby was going to be their RB1 by the end of the season. But, I mean, he he looked elite this game in the last couple of games. He's a stud. But overall, the Jaguars, other than him, are not in the same tier as these other contenders. Lawrence is great, but not in that elite tier. And they lack, like, a big-name defensive player. Yeah, this was... I mean, super frustrating game for the Jaguars. I mean, they had a number of drives that got down inside the red zone. And for whatever reason, they got no points out of like not even field goals. Like they didn't score at all. And they kind of, you know, kept fighting and the play late in the game that, you know, could have been, could have been a factor. I mean, they were down by two scores, uh, the play to Ridley in the back. They, They ruled it incomplete, reviewed it and, and upheld the review. I think it was a touchdown personally. I thought even it was a then, too. Me even too. then, it would have taken a, a two-point conversion followed by a stop and then another touchdown and another two-point conversion just to tie the game. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think it would have made that big of a difference. That was, you know, yeah, that, that was just step, that was step that would have been step one in like many steps that would have taken just to get back into it. Um, but I, as for the Ravens, I think, you know, Lamar is playing, he's playing his type of football, which is great because and I'll give some credit to Chris Collinsworth. He, he actually made a good point for once. He said that like Lamar Jackson may not get MVP consideration or attention because his stats aren't as good, like especially his passing stats. The numbers aren't as good as other guys in the league. Like obviously you're going to find guys with better numbers, but like when you watch him play and like see how effective he is and how hard he is to sack and how, it, how he's able to extend plays, keep drives going. And, you know, at the end of the day, win games, there's definitely an argument to be made that like there is not a player who's more valuable to his team than Lamar Jackson is to the Ravens. And I, I thought it was actually a really good point. Yeah. Uh, it's really hard to win a game, especially against a Super Bowl caliber team like the Ravens. When you miss two field goals, um, you just you just drop the ball. I mean, he. I mean, you guys saw that fumble where he where Trevor Lawrence just dropped the ball. Yeah. And then also also the play right before halftime where oh, he should have just spiked it and they should have taken a shot and then kicked it. Yeah, I, that was. I don't I don't know why you hurry up to the line and then throw it too short of the 
the end zone. It was wild. And then but, I mean, those are four drives, four drives that should have resulted in scores. It should have been, I'm trying to think, it should have been, what, like 16? They should have had 16 points. They should have had three field goals and a touchdown right at the end there. Uh, at worst, they should have had 12. But, yeah. I mean, they just kept shooting themselves in the foot, and that's not going to fly against the Ravens. Yeah, there's just something about them that it's just like they're not – they're just not convincing. They do this kind of stuff like yeah. every week seemingly. Yeah. On the flip side, I mean, I, I remember – numerous times that the Ravens defense made like great plays to put them in bad position down there. So like, it wasn't all just like the Jaguars. I mean, yeah, obviously yeah, yeah, they didn't capitalize, but there were plenty of times like the Ravens defense forced them into not making plays. Like Kyle Hamilton had a number of pass breaks up, pass breakups in the end zone that were like spectacular plays. He's been, he's been phenomenal this year. He had one TFL in this game or maybe it was the game before that it was just like, Oh my gosh, he's he's special. Like it was just like he got off the ball. He knew when the snap count was going to be. He timed it up, and then he gets a gets a run stop on the going the opposite way. Yeah, I mean the Ravens defense as a unit has been great, and yeah, he's he's played phenomenal at safety. Yeah, moving on to Eagles Seahawks. Um, first of all, great game by Kenneth Walker against what is supposed to be one of, if not the best rushing defense in the NFL. He kind of he tore them apart. Eagles shot themselves in the foot a lot with a lot of false starts. Um, and we've talked about this with other teams, but because the Eagles offense is usually so good, it's kind of ignored. The Eagles offense isn't very creative. Like teams are beginning to figure their offense out because it's like third and five, empty set. If you give them a lighter box, Jalen Hurts is running the ball. If you give them a heavier box, they're going to throw it. A.J. Brown is really, really, really good at a slant and a fade route. And other than that, it's like, like it's like the teams want him to run other routes. Like because they, they can live with that. You know, he's still a really good player running those other routes. But if you can stop him from running those two routes, it's it's a big difference. And like so, like they send a couple run blitzes where it's like the teams are just figuring out this the the Eagles offense. I think Jalen Hurts also doesn't look as good running the ball as he did last year, dealing with a little bit of a knee injury. I know, but not as good of a runner overall. Well, something that just is is baffling to me is their the play call before the uh, Seahawks uh, game winning drive. I don't know why they decided because I mean there was like what four or three minutes left, and Jalen Hurts just launches it all the way down the field to a receiver who I don't even know who it was. It wasn't yeah, like their fourth. Uh, it wasn't AJ. It was like a fourth string guy, and it was a pick. I I don't get that. They they were running the ball pretty well for the most part, or like, you know, hitting some slants and stuff. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't try to get at least another first down before you take a shot, you know, whittle down the clock. Or, you know, if if you're going to throw it that deep, throw it to Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown or something. I don't know why. Because I think if that was A.J. Brown, he would have at least made a play on the ball that would have resulted in an incompletion, bare minimum. But, yeah, I just don't like that play call. Or the throw. Yeah, he he needed to miss him deep. He needed to miss him deep, and he didn't. Yeah, it was it was a it was a bad. Play. It was the kind of play that made you think that they really didn't respect the Seahawks' offense. Like they thought that no matter what we do here, the Seahawks aren't going to score, and we're and we're going to win this game. Mm-hmm. I think they were they were holding on to what was the score at that point? Seventeen to 13? 17, 13. 13. 17, 13. So they're like yeah, touchdown. Yeah, there's 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 no way the Seahawks are going to go down the field with Drew Locke and get a touchdown. I think a lot of people probably felt that way. And then Drew Locke had something to say about it. I mean, that was that was a crazy drive. Great drive. He's doing his weird, uh, yeah, you know, put put the put on put put that whatever on. But uh, I mean, yeah, he hits DK Metcalf for a couple of plays. Metcalf gets that you know like wild catch that's off of uh, you know Bradbury breaks it up and he pulls it off his leg. 
get a, the, the deep ball, the fade down the sideline that he uh, just drops in a bucket to Metcalf, and then the next one to uh, to Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like they're great throws. Um, and I think I think everybody was stunned. I mean, everybody like the Eagles were just like stunned. I felt like like where like did that come from? Like Drew Locke all of a sudden just became you know Peyton Manning in a two minute drill. So. Great for the great, great for the Seahawks. Felt really good for Drew Locke after the game. He gave kind of a more honest post-game interview than than you'll ever hear talking about, you know, being a guy who's been benched and hasn't started in a few years and, and sort of, you know, starting to question yourself. And then to come out and get a win like that and, you know, feel the support from everybody else on the team, it was pretty cool. So good for him. Yeah, as for the Eagles, uh, definitely a concern now. They've lost three games in a row. They were 10-1, and one, right? Now they're 10-4. and four. Yeah. Yeah. This one, uh, this one stings. And, uh, you know, you got Jalen Hurts after the game saying that he doesn't feel like they're committed enough. Things are not good in Philly right now. Um, and I don't, I don't think it, you know, it's not like they can't turn it around. I certainly think it's possible that they can turn this thing around and, and go on a run, but not what you want going into the playoffs. This, this late in the year where all of a sudden, you know, this team that was finding ways to win games all year, all of a sudden now they can't, you know, they're getting blown out by the Niners and the Cowboys. And then, yeah, lose to a Seattle team that struggled and has their backup quarterback playing. Like that's, you got to win it. You got to win that game. So, yeah, the Seahawks uh, won this game in a very similar way to the Giants win last week against the, the Packers, I think it was. Yeah. Um, kept the ball out of Drew Locke's hands for the most part until they needed him to lead a game winning drive. And then when they did, they called, you know, called his name, gave him a chance. And he, final amazing, amazing play by JSN that last, that touchdown. I mean, he absolutely burned him and they made a great catch. But Locke, I mean, led a game winning drive. They kept him in the game the whole time and then said, Drew Locke, you know, it's your time now. See if you can pull us through. It was, and do you know that the Eagles haven't beat the Seahawks, I think, since 2008? I think it, yeah, yeah, I saw that. It's like I think it's 15 straight now. 15 now. The Eagles have lost to the Seahawks. That's a crazy, that's a crazy run there. Yeah. Talk about the playoff picture a little bit. Once again, a lot happened this week. Uh, Steelers more or less knocked themselves out losing the game. So in the AFC right now, you've got the Bengals, the Colts, the Texans, and the Bills all with the same record. And then you've got the Broncos who are one game behind but have the easiest schedule fighting for those those last two spots. Now, an interesting scenario is also that the Jags have the same record as the Colts and the Titans or Texans, uh, but the rest of their schedule is the Bucks, the Panthers, and if they win two of those games, they're guaranteed a playoff spot but not guaranteed a division. Gabriel, you were raising your hand. Well, I think you forgot to mention the last team in the hunt right now, the six and eight, the six and eight Raiders, who need to win out and just a little bit of help. Just, just a little bit, a little bit of help. All they have to do is beat Kansas City and Arrowhead, uh, <laughs> the Colts in Indianapolis, and then take care of the Broncos at home in Week 18, and they have a kind of a chance of getting in at nine and eight. They just need a little bit of help. They just need all of those teams with eight wins to not win more than one game in the last two weeks of the year. Yep. It's just that simple. Three weeks of the year. That's it. That's all they have to do. That easy. And nobody's talking about it. <laughs> Except us right Except, now. Except you right now. Except me. <laughs> um, right they're yeah, dangerous. It's a it's a long shot, but I mean, we'll, we'll they're take still it. in the hunt. We'll take it one week at a time. To be in the hunt in week sixteen or week yeah week sixteen unheard of that's a lot that's a lot more than i expected from this team especially when you look back to where we've been at other times this year so yeah for me though it's between the broncos the bills and the texans and if the bills beat the dolphins and the dolphins lose out which they play the ravens and um they play somebody else good dallas maybe yeah uh, 
then those three teams will all make it and the Dolphins won't, which I think is a big possibility. But Wait, so the Dolphins' last three that's games what I think. are Bills, Bills, Dallas, and the Ravens. And the Ravens, yes. Wow. And if they lose out and the Broncos, brutal. the Bills, and the Texans all win out, or the Texans have to win, I think, two out of the three. Well, the Broncos aren't going to win out because they still play the Raiders. Oh, my bad. I forgot. Oh, obviously. The Raiders. Well, I mean, they're, so that's a 63-0 to zero victory. Take the Broncos they're, out of the playoffs. They're done. What if the Broncos gave up 70 points again but to the Raiders <laughs> in the last <laughs> week of the season? Oh, no. I would love that. That'd be great. Yeah, so I think that's, those are my three teams. What is uh what does the Colts schedule look like? Uh, the Colts play the Texans. So really whoever wins that game pretty much makes the playoffs because the the, the Colts play like the Texans and the Titans and the Steelers, I think. No, no, no. The Colts just play the Steelers. Then let's see. Come on, Evan. If we're talking about the playoff picture, you gotta get this stuff up. Anyway, <laughs> I think that the Dolphins are not gonna make the playoffs. And if they do, it'll be in the wild card. I think the Bills are too hot right now. And they have an easier schedule than the Dolphins do. And I think the Dolphins are going to lose out. The Bills have the Dolphins and who else? Still the the Dolphins? Um, the Patriots and the Chargers. I'd say it's it's easier teams. Wow. Yep. You said who yeah, the Colts I, play? No, no, no. The, I said the, the Bills. No, no, no. Before that, the Colts. I asked about the Colts first, yeah. The Texans, sorry, the Falcons. And I don't know how you don't know this, but in week 17, they play the Raiders. The Colts do? Yes. Yeah, I know. I knew that. And so their their other games are against the Falcons and who else? The Falcons. Texans. The Texans. The Texans game is what will be the most important for them. So that yeah, that Texans one is really big. And then they'll probably beat the Falcons, and so they'll go two and one down the stretch. Because they lose to the Raiders. Yes. And <laughs> I, I gotta say, I kind of I like the Colts' chances with that schedule. It really comes down to Colts Texans for yeah. both those two teams. I hope a guy. I hope Street CJ Stroud is playing. I don't think they can win another game with Case Keenum. That's Week 18, though. Oh, that's oh they they play the last week of the year. Yeah. Okay. Cool. CJ Stroud will be back by then. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, in the NFC, on the other hand, it's between the Vikings, the Rams, the Seahawks, um, and then the Saints have an outside chance of like the Saints Bucks whoever they play each other so whoever wins that'll yeah. play in the NFC South and the other one probably won't make the playoffs yeah um and the Packers also have an outside shot at making it but they have the easiest schedule out of all those teams who okay so obviously like Philly and Dallas are both going so that's already one wild card spot yeah. then you so, got two wild yeah. card spots left and so the two uh, the two spots left Vikings are those Saints, teams you said Vikings. Rams possibly Packers the Vikings play the Lions twice. The Seahawks, oh, the Seahawks are still alive, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the Seahawks. I have the Seahawks as one of my teams because the last three games they play the Titans, the Steelers, and the Cardinals, and they control their own destiny. And they're seven. They're seven and seven right now. Yeah, they're behind the Rams because they lost to the Rams twice. I but, yeah. I would so think, they're the eighth seed. I would think the Rams and the Seahawks. I just the Vikings offense. I really don't believe in. Um, and they're losing two more games this season. I know. Yeah, and they have the and they have the Lions. So the Lions and the Lions. <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely. I don't see them sweeping the Lions late in the season. I don't mean knock on wood there. I don't want to jinx you guys, but here's what's interesting though: the Packers play the Panthers, the Vikings, and the Bears, right? Yeah. So those are three easier games. If they win out and the Rams win their next two games and then lose to the 49ers, it would be the Seahawks and the Packers in the playoffs. Really? And the so Rams would miss out if, on it because if the Rams, If the Rams and the Packers are both 9-8, and eight, 
Yes, because if they lose to the 49ers. Now, if they beat somebody else and beat the 49ers and they make the playoffs. Okay, that sounds... Because the 49ers is the divisional record thing. That sounds like a lot, yeah. You're kind of you're losing me, but... Basically, if the Rams beat the 49ers, they control their own destiny. Okay. If the Rams lose to the 49ers, then the Packers could take them, overtake them. And when do the Rams play the 49ers? In week 18, which the means it's possible... Could, they could be resting starters. Yeah. That none of those guys are playing. So that's the tough part because the, the 49ers are better than the Rams. The 49ers will probably beat the Rams if they're starting all their starters. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. as for who the Lions are going to play, um, it'll probably be a Lions Seahawks rematch in Ford Field. Who are. Yay. Who's, who's the Lions' other point, uh, opponent? Possible? Cowboys. No, 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 no. They play the Cowboys. They, oh, they so play the Vikings twice in the Cowboys. They have the Vikings twice in the Cowboys. It's not easy, but they're they if also they were to win out. Y'all already have ten wins, seed. right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The Vikings would have to win out, and we'd have to lose out in order for us to uh not be finished. Which aren't mutually exclusive. I don't. I don't think that's gonna happen. I hope it doesn't. But, um, moving on to our week sixteen predictions. Uh, first up, we got Saints at Rams. I gotta go with the Rams here. They're on fire, and they're just a better team. I'll take the Rams too, despite the Saints and Derek Carr. I think probably having his best statistical game last week against the Giants. Uh, their red zone offense looked better, but I, I mean, with this desperate, I mean, both the, I mean, this is like you just said, this is basically a playoff game. Both these teams, uh, the margin for error is low. Games in LA, I, I got to take Matthew Stafford over uh, over Derek Carr. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Rams. Uh, Bengals at Steelers. I got the Bengals. I got the Bengals. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. I got the Bengals as well. Not Rudolph on Christmas. I'm, I'm betting oh. it's Rudolph on Christmas. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> Bills at Chargers. Bills. That one's pretty easy. Oh yeah. Bills. Bills. Commanders at Jets. Maybe our most interesting wow. game so far. I got the Commanders taking a road victory against this Jets team that just can't move the ball. Oh, Joe. Who are you going with? I'm going with the Jets. You're gonna take the Jets. There could be I a am. lot of I think they got they got they got one more win out of them, and that's what they're getting. Last win of the season. Taking the over seven and a half interceptions total in this game. Is this in New York? <laughs> it's in New York. Over seven and a half. I'll take the Jets defense. Lions at <clears throat> Lions at Vikings. I got the Lions. Yeah, I'm taking the Lions because I'm I'm riding or dying with the Lions this year. Get in line. Get in line. I'm also taking the Lions. <laughs> I've never heard that one. That's good. Get in line. <laughs> Brown, Browns at Texans. Could be an interesting game if Stroud does play, which he is supposed to as of right now, actually. But I still am taking the Browns. I think this defense will be able to shut the Texans' offense down, uh, at least enough for Joe Flacco to go to pull off a victory. Yeah, the Browns are winning this game, and it's because Joe Flacco is elite and not throwing an interception. The Texans actually have, like, a turnover in every – in, like, 18 of the last games in a row. And that streak breaks how many? Oh, is you say, are you saying the Browns have a turnover in that many straight no, games? Uh, no, 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 the uh, Texans. Oh. They have a they have they, a turnover in like they, 18 straight games. They have a takeaway of some sort. Oh, they forced a turnover. I see. Yep, and because of that, Browns are ending that streak. Joe Flacco, perfect passer rating. Browns by a million. Yeah, I, I basically pick uh, the Browns and Joe Flacco as religiously as I pick the Raiders now. It's It's got to that point. <laughs> Browns. Packers at Panthers. I got the Packers. Panthers already squeaked out their win. <laughs> mm-hmm. They already got the late season uh, building morale into next year win. Yeah, I agree. I'll, I'll take Green Bay. 
Yeah, I'll take the Packers. <laughs> the the only time I'll ever take the Packers. Which one into the existence not, this week? You're not, you're not going to try to not, not this the week. Packers lost? Not this week. I don't think it's going to happen this week. Seahawks at Titans. it does, though. I got the Seahawks. I'll take the Seahawks, yeah. This, uh, Titans, uh, Titans Titans offense, anymore. The Titans offense was brutal against the Texans. Derrick Henry had, I think, 20 carries for 10 yards. And Levis is um he's kind of run out of some steam. He ran out of some steam last week. Had a lot of uh a lot of turnover worthy throws in the in that game against the Texans. So I'll take the who are they playing? The Seahawks? Yeah. I'll take the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm taking the Seahawks. Colts at Falcons could be interesting, but I don't like Arthur Smith, so give me the Colts. 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 Better quarterback. Jags and Bucks. I mean, Baker played the a good team last week, but give me the give me the Jags. Give me the oh. Bucks. I, yeah, I like the Bucks. The Bucks care more. They care more. This this battle for this battle for Florida. Yeah, I'll take the yeah, I think excluding the Miami. Ex- well, <laughs> the second best team in they're Florida. Kind of, they're kind of, yeah, they're they kind of already established themselves as the best team in Florida. So yeah, Cowboys at Dolphins could be an interesting one, but I actually think the Cowboys win this game by a lot. Yeah, even though the Cowboys are away, I'm still going to take the Cowboys. Yeah, I'll take the Cowboys too, actually, thinking about it. Cardinals at Bears. Give me the Cardinals late season win against the Bears. Uh, upset pick right there. I hate I hate you. You took that pick from me. I was also going to take the Cardinals over the Bears. I don't think the Bears care anymore. And I think the Cardinals are just playing for fun. They're just trying to have fun with the the fellas. So, so neither team cares, is what you're saying. Neither team cares. Neither team cares. Just, I think the, I think the Cardinals care less, and it's going to help them in this game. Yep. They're going to play more loose, more loose, more carefree. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me Justin Fields and the Bears. Patriots and Broncos. Broncos. Yeah, I'll take the Broncos too. Me too. How 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 far that game has fallen from the uh, the Tom Brady Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah. They're just going to be talking about it the whole game. Up next, we got. Raiders at Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs. That's a dumb pick. Uh, I'll take the Raiders. You know, this one's a tough one for me, but I think I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs on this one. Sorry, Gabriel. Not cheering for him, though. I'm cheering for the Raiders. You guys, I mean, all right. <laughs> good luck Good luck uh, getting ahead of me in the picks. <laughs> Giants at Eagles. Give me the Eagles. Yeah, I'll take the Eagles. Did you see that uh, yeah. uh, Tommy, me DeVito, too. Tommy DeVito had to get on the, like, uh, the giant social media person was like, hey, like enough with the Italian stuff. Like enough. Like I just want to play football. <laughs> Last game here, Ravens at 49ers. Uh, possible Super Bowl preview. Uh, I picked the 49ers. Joe, who has unfortunately left us. He's no, still alive. Not, he's not dead, but he just <laughs> had to go somewhere. Why would you why would you phrase it like that? He also picked the 49ers. Uh, and he said that it's also possibly a Super Bowl preview for him, he thinks. So, I also think it could be a Super Bowl preview. These, these were my Super Bowl teams for like the last three weeks. I don't know how I feel about it right now, but I will. I will also I take. I also will take the 49ers, but I think it's a testament to how well these franchises have been run. You, know, you think this was the Super Bowl ten years ago? I think around ten years ago, it was 2012 or 2011, somewhere in there. And obviously, no, you know, like nobody left from those teams. That was a long time ago. But the way that like they've stayed consistently good in that time very very well run organizations from owners general manager head coach i think probably right now the two like best organizations overall in the nfl with the way yeah. that they operate and should like should we talk about the niners at all the best team in the nfl and we've like said not a word about them all right because we didn't talk about that we didn't talk about their game because yeah well because they just beat up on the who do they beat up on the cardinals 
the Cardinals. Yeah. I just saw a, a crazy stat. Brock Purdy is 32nd in the NFL in attempts and second in passing yards. That is just wild efficiency. Well, McCaffrey almost had as many yards as he did last game. Well, that's okay. So that was what I thought after this week with Dak Prescott not playing very well and the Cowboys losing and Christian McCaffrey going off for like three touchdowns and almost 200 yards from scrimmage. I feel like McCaffrey is is my number one now. Even George Kittle said McCaffrey deserves it. I think McCaffrey's my number one. And yeah, I don't know. The, the only thing that'll stop him is like we talked about last week, the Niners just being so talented everywhere that the voters not thinking that an MVP should come from that team. But I, I would, after or last week, I, after last week, I'm convinced that if I had to pick somebody on the 49ers, I, I would pick uh, McCaffrey as the MVP over Purdy. I, I think McCaffrey's probably just the best player in football right now, regardless of position. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to Outside Source Football on 101.7 FM, Radio Free Hillsdale. Well, not on 101.7 FM, Radio Free Hillsdale, but just Outside Source Football. Best show on air. Uh, Have a great day. And have a Merry Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas. We're not going to be back until the day after Christmas. Christmas. So have a Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to, uh, to you and yours.